Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for the City podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? People ask. Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And I'm telling you, everything we need is right here in his word. And he gave us the Holy Ghost. Come on, who's the revealer of the word? He has set this thing up for us to win. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for that. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to finish and we're going to finish strong, my friends. Well, thank you for tuning in today. And uh, I'm going to jump right in to the podcast today. And I believe that uh, we're going to talk about the power of the light. You know, last night uh, I pastor a church, my wife and I pastor a church in Harrison, Arkansas. And last night during the service, the Lord just really had us... um, hovering, meditating, communicating about the light and um, lots of things about that. You know, it says that we are children of the light, that we're to walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, it's very interesting. Let me read you a verse here in Romans chapter 13. And it says this and do this in verse 11. All right. So he says, do this. You know, if, if you ever wonder, what am I supposed to do? Well, here you go right here. Do this and you'll be in a good place with the Lord. He says, and do this, knowing the time. That's very interesting. A lot of people have no clue about what time they're living in. This is why it's important to know the time in which you live in, because the time in which you live lends or speaks to or gives way to revelation about your work. Your work is associated with the time. Let me give you a little simple example that uh, if you were uh, in the time of sowing, because the Bible uses a lot of agricultural references. If you were in the time of sowing, but you brought out all the harvesting equipment, well, hello, that would be problematic, wouldn't it? You would have the wrong tools. You would be engaged, set up, prepared for the wrong work in the wrong time. Listen, the time, you know, there's a time to sow and a time to reap. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, a lot of that is because of the weather, the rains, all, you know, different things that, that, that really play into when is the window or the opportunity to sow a seed? Well, once again, if, if you're in the time of sowing, but you brought, uh, all of your harvesting equipment, hello, somebody's going to be like, Hey bro, uh, sis, guess what? Um, are you awake to the time? It's not the time of harvest yet. So what I'm saying is knowing the time in which you live lends, it speaks to, it gives revelation knowledge towards the work you're supposed to be doing. You need to know what time it is. And if you'd have no clue what time it is, you need to ask the Lord, speak to me about the times in which I live. And he will, and so you can get to work. So he says, know this or do this, know the time. You need to do that, know the time. Then he says, hello, it's high time. It's just not any time, it's high time, high time, high time. It's a very important time, time of action. It's a time of, uh, uh, how do I say this? It is uh, your high time would be that moment into which you are going to collide with destiny. He says it's high time. He says, awake out of sleep. Well, that's a whole podcast in of itself right there. (laughs) 
awake out of sleep. A lot of slumbering people. A lot of people that are just, you, you, you are not out of bed. You are not fully dressed. You are not, you haven't had your coffee yet. You are not prepared to engage in any significant kind of work. That ought not be so, friends. Uh, delayed obedience, come on, is disobedience. We need to be up and ready and awake, postured to move. Hallelujah. Get on that in the name of Jesus. He says, uh, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12, this is uh, Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Here's the phrase. And let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. We're going to talk, talk about the power of the light today, but I wanted to start with this verse here because this verse is saying that light is armor. Now, listen, if this is a battle between light and darkness, then you can understand why light is armor. You know, um, if you were to, if, if you're listening to me now or watching and you're able to look around the room and uh, you'll notice on the wall next to doors, they're usually next to doors, but on the wall, there's a switch. You know what that switch is called? Yeah, it's not called the dark switch. You know why it's called a light switch? Is because darkness is simply the absence of light. Darkness cannot overcome or overpower the light. The only reason why darkness invades a space is because light is absent. Now, the moment you flip that light switch, what happens? Light comes on and the darkness is expelled. This is why light is armor because darkness cannot penetrate into the light. In fact, it's the opposite. Light is what penetrates into the darkness. This is why he's saying walk in the light. Be uh uh, walk in the light as he is in the light. It says that we are children of the light. If you're born again, you are born from or within or out of or from above the kingdom of light. Remember, it says that with him, there is no shadow of turning. He's the father of lights and there is no shadow of turning. He is He the kingdom of heaven, God, the father. It, it is so radiant. In fact, uh, yesterday, one of my boys were, uh, uh, they rode into town with me uh, we had to do some projects here at the church. And uh, we were talking about just welding. I don't even know how we got off on that, but welding and then uh, stars. And uh, But, but the, the point of the conversation was these bright lights and how some light, if, if you don't have the right protection on, that light can be blinding. And we're talking about like the arc of, of the weld, you know, that, that high voltage and it creates that welding arc. And it's like in, so intense that you can't look at it unless you have protection. You have uh, like a welding lens or a welding helmet, some, some sort of special uh, glass material that is shaded, tinted to a certain degree where it protects your eyes as you were to look at that arc that if you were to look at it without that protection that you could damage your eyes like burn your retina or whatever uh, or potentially lead to blindness light is powerful and god is the god of light i, I mean it, it's it, he he doesn't plug in a power source he is the point of power he is that light that 
pureness that expels all darkness. There is no shadow of turning. There's no shadows with him. There's no dark areas. There's no, uh, you know, like in the corners, you know, I'm, I'm in the podcast studio here and we have studio lighting and, you know, in some of the corners of the room, there's pockets of shadows. There is no shadows with the Lord in the kingdom of light. There is no corner where darkness can hide. Light is armor. Darkness cannot penetrate it. And this is what he was saying that you need to awake, know the time in which you live, and then put on the armor of light. That's going to help us navigate. Now he goes on in verse 13. He said, walk properly as in the day. Don't walk like you uh, are of the night. You're born again. You're no longer of the dark. Don't walk in dark things anymore. You've been uh, translated, transferred. You've been moved from the kingdom of darkness, the Bible says, and you've been placed into the kingdom of the son of his love or into the kingdom of light. He says, walk properly as of a daytime person. Goes goes on to say, not in revelry, that's King James word, uh, drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. One of the ways that you walk in the light is to make no provision for the flesh. And I want to give you this, and then we'll go into some other notes, and we'll talk about the power of light. But last night, the Lord uh, spoke something uh, through me, and I want to share it with you, our podcast audience. He said that in, in this time, that if we're going to make no provision for the flesh, he said that that means that you're not making preparations. And, you know, if you've got like a, um, if you've got like a food, a food pantry, we have a food pantry at our house and in, and in the pantry is provision, provisions. There is meal planning. There is some thought that went ahead of time to get the necessary ingredients and we store them in, in the pantry but provisions have been made for meals in that pantry. And this is what the Lord was saying, that a provision isn't necessarily an indulgence yet. A provision for a thing isn't necessarily meaning or saying that you've engaged in the activity. We've got food in our pantry that uh, is the provisions for certain types of meals, but we haven't eaten those meals yet. Only the provisions have been set aside. He's saying, don't make provisions for the flesh, meaning you've got maybe the necessary ingredients that if you were to put them together and engage in it, you would be indulging in the flesh. Those are the things that you need to be aware of right now. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Just ask him to help you. He will highlight to you, hey, look, you've got this, this, and this. And, and no, you're not necessarily indulging in it right now, but this is a slippery slope. You've made provisions for it. You, uh, you've set the stage as it were, that if you were to ever step up on that stage, you might be found completely indulging in a thing that you're not supposed to be indulging with. Um, you know, that in this time, listen, and this is all speaking to the time in which we live. Um, 
You know, uh, it's Olympic season. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, it's the Olympics going on right right now. And when you think about these Olympic uh, these Olympic athletes, I mean, these are uh, people who have been training some of them their entire lives to get to this point to where they can showcase uh, their skills, their athletic prowess, and you know, hopefully win the gold medal. But you know, they 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 are. Uh, uh, let's see how I'm, I'm trying to get the words for what I'm seeing in my spirit, but that they, they are on such a regiment. They are such, uh, they are on such a winning regiment. Their mind is geared towards winning that prize that they have, um, restricted themselves. Um, you know, there's things that they're not doing things. They're not eating. Why? Because they're making no provisions for weakness. They're, they're not setting themselves up to drink something like alcohol, uh, eat something, foods that will just work against their, their body. Uh, they're not in, uh, engaging in certain activities. They're not taking drugs. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, why? They're, they're making no provisions. They're doing their best to make sure that there's no provisions. Um, opportunities to indulge in things that would work against them operating at peak per at peak performance at their highest output why because they want to win the prize listen friends as a believer in Jesus Christ you've got to realize the time in which you live and he's saying by way of the spirit that now's not the time to make provisions for the flesh we're going the way of glory he said in Corinthians that the the, the flesh will not get any glory. He's not going to share his glory with any flesh. And you need to ask Holy Spirit right now, where? Examine me. Look at, you know, examine my hands, examine my heart. Is there any unclean way in me? If there is that point or that uh, place of darkness, see, he's saying that if you make provisions for the flesh, you're not gonna walk in the light. You are creating a space in your life for darkness to dwell. And that darkness is what's gonna be exploited. That darkness is gonna be that area of weakness, that entry point that could cause you to lose when, you, when you're set up to win. That darkness could be the thing that is the catalyst that's exploited that would cause you to come in last place rather than first place. Now we're not racing against other people. This isn't like the Olympics in that sense. We're not competing against another country. No, but Paul said that you are running a race and you need to run that race to win. Listen, get this by the spirit, friend. If you wanna win, don't make provisions for the flesh. If you're gonna make provisions, make it for the spirit. Remember what um, Galatians 6 says, if you sow to the flesh, what will you reap? Let's just turn there. That's in Galatians chapter six. Let, let, let me actually turn there. Let's put eyes on it. Galatians chapter six. He who sows to the flesh. Well, why would you sow to the flesh? You're making provision. You're setting something up in advance for the flesh to be able to indulge in at a later point. That's dangerous, friend. For he who sows to the flesh of the flesh will what? Reap corruption, meaning what you're going to get in return for making provisions to the flesh isn't going to help you win. It's not going to help you finish. It's going to adversely work against you. 
But he says, he who sows to the what? To the spirit. Now, that should be, in Galatians chapter 6, that should be a lowercase s. Uh, depending on the translation, it's probably a capital S. And the capital S would be referring to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit himself. But actually, this should be lowercase s. This is speaking to your spirit. If you sow to developing your flesh, the flesh is going to come back and bite you. Listen, the flesh is not born again. That part of you is not born again. First uh, Corinthians tells us that it has no mind for spiritual things. If you sow to it, you're only going to reap lust and covetousness and the works of the flesh. Galatians talks about the works of the flesh, strife and envy and hatred and contention and jealousies and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and dissensions and heresies and envy and murders and drunkenness and revelries. Uh, re uh, revel, revelries and the like, he says, if you sow to the flesh, if you make provisions for the flesh, listen, when you're in full stride and you're pressing in there to cross the finish line, I'm using the, you know, the Olympic games analogy here. If it, if you make provisions for the flesh, that flesh may kick in in a moment where you need the strength of your inner man. But if you've made provisions for the flesh, it's like, you're going to be stepping in a hole. When you need to be set stepping on something solid, you're gonna that flesh will cause you to lose your footing. It's like the banana peel on the racetrack. That's a provision for the flesh. You're running along and you may be at full stride, but if you step on that banana peel the wrong way, boom, it's gonna take you out. The provisions of the flesh, you won't reap what you need to reap to push you across the finish line. He's saying, walk in the light. Don't allow that darkness. And you say, oh, well, Justin, you know, why you have to be such a fuddy-duddy? Well, no, 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 no. It's about winning, friend. It's about finishing strong. And it's about not uh, allowing the enemy any place in our life. God wants all the glory. He's jealous like that. He wants all the glory, and we're going to give it to him. So it, Galatians 6, verse 8 says, but so to your spirit, so to developing your spirit. If you're going to invest, invest in developing your inner man. Get that inner man strong. Get that inner man healthy. Get that inner man dominant. What's the things of the inner man? Well, it's pure things. It's holy things. It's integrity. It's honesty. It's purity. It's abstaining from things that are filthy, dirty, of a bad report. You, you don't want to indulge in those things. That's of the flesh. All right, now let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. The power of the light. Colossians 1, verse 13, it says this, He has delivered or rescued. Oh, that, that, that's a great word. I mean, he has delivered or rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, one, one day I was reading this verse and it just stood out to me, the, that phrase, the power of darkness. What is the power of darkness? Well, the power of darkness is the attempted ability to hide things in plain sight. That's the power of darkness. The attempted ability to hide things in plain sight. Now, uh, this would be like, there's something right in front of you, but you can't see it. Well, why couldn't you see it? That's the power of darkness. And you say, well, that's, that's dumb. No, listen, friends, it happens all the time. Uh, it's a blind spot. What's a blind spot? Well, it's an area 
that for whatever reason, it's right there, but you just don't see it. It's like it's hidden somewhere. It, 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 it's, very, it, it's hidden. Well, the power of darkness, uh, that's its goal or its objective is to obscure a thing. And I mean, it, it, it takes the power of the light to be able to see the thing that darkness has hidden. Um, now I'm kind of uh, jumping ahead here. I'm just following the Holy Ghost in, in this, but um, so he's helping us. I'm, I'm not saying it's his fault that I'm uh, jumping, but uh, I'm trying to track with Holy Ghost. But there's a scripture in the book of Psalms that says that the entrance of his words give light. His words, when his words enter into your heart, associated with his word is light. It's illumination. Okay, his word illuminates. We found out uh, in the last podcast, uh, we were talking about your spirit, man, and that it's the candle of the Lord. And when the Lord wants to talk to you or communicate with you, he will light up your spirit, man, or he will illuminate. He will enlighten, enlighten. Light will come in, in your spirit, man. Well, why is that? Because in his words is light. And when he speaks a truth, the truth is illuminating and it will uh, uncover or it will disrupt the power of darkness. Darkness has kept something hidden in the shadows, but when his words come in and there's light in his words, those words, that truth, that wisdom will uncover. It, it undoes, it reverses, we could say. It dispels, it destroys that darkness and the thing that darkness was trying to hide is illuminated now. You can see it. And a lot of people have these aha moments. Now, listen, all of us, um, to some extent, to some degree, there's a strategy against you. And that strategy is primarily uh, directed at the natural part of you. And so there's probably some ignorance. There's probably some darkness. There's things of the flesh that we've made provisions for. And that's the point where the enemy's trying to exploit us is right there. And this is why we got to stay in the word because the word is renewing. It's saving our soul, James says, that the word is coming in. And as we allow the word to come in, the word is looking for every dark corner. It's looking for every shadow. It's looking for every place in our life where darkness may be in operation. That's why we got to allow the word, let the word in, let the light in, let the light in, let the light in, open up your windows and let the light in, let the light in. That's a, that's a song that we sing uh, on Sundays, uh, but, it's, but it's, there's a powerful truth. We've got to open up the windows of our heart, open up the, the openings of our heart to the Lord and let the light of his word come in. And what that word will do, again, it will look for any shadowy areas. Now, listen, you don't want to protect those, those shadow areas. A lot of people, whenever light comes in and uh, the light begins to shine or illuminate an area where there was darkness and things are being exposed. Um, there's a, the devil has like this secondary strategy that follows a lot of this and it's shame. Listen, don't yield to shame. When the light exposes, it's not intended to shame. That's not of the Lord. The light never exposes a thing or uncovers something and then shames you. No, uh, Isaiah 61 says that we've been uh, uh, for our shame, 
Oh, what's this? Verse eight. For our shame, we'll have double honor. Shame is a strategy of the devil. Shame is not the strategy of the Lord. And so sometimes when the light comes in and the devil's been caught, okay, he's been exposed, he'll follow up really quickly. And there'll be a strategy of shame to try and make you feel so worthless and dirty. No, no, no. Listen, the light has just delivered you. The devil's trying to make you feel bad for it. Recognize that. And when, when the light comes, welcome it. Be excited. Say thank you. Hallelujah. That's what we need to do. When, whenever truth comes in and truth says, look, this is what you've been doing, or this is what's been hiding in your heart, or this is the truth about the situation. Don't reject the light. Say thank you. Because had it not been for the light, I didn't know that darkness was working in me. And shame, shame would be like, oh man, look, oh, I can't believe. I'm, this is what shame does. Ha, I can't believe that you were doing that. Well, see, you didn't know it because darkness was at, was at work. And whenever darkness is at work, you don't see clearly. And see, there's mercy for that because of the reality of the devil and that there's a deceiver and a tempter. But praise God for his mercy and the covenantal arrangement that already has made provisions that the light is going to work with you and bring you into a place of total illumination in him. And the light is not shaming you whenever the light has found an area uh, where darkness has been and light says, no, let me in there. Listen, the light wants to get in there to shine. The light isn't coming into shame. Again, I just want to repeat this one one more time, because this is such a, a nefarious strategy of the devil. Whenever the light comes in and the devil's been exposed, he'll come back around, almost like he's working with the light. You've got to really be watchful because he's not. He's not working with the light, but he'll come back around and say, oh, man, you should feel so stupid for having that there. You should feel like a total loser for you know, this being in your life or this attitude or this action or these words or whatever. Don't even give into that for a moment. If you give in the shame, typically what'll happen is people will feel so bad about a thing and they don't stay in the light. So the Lord can continue to heal and get all that garbage out of there. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll reject the light and go back into the darkness as some weird attempt uh, to get the shame off. Don't do that, friend. So um, let's see. So darkness, um, the power of darkness is the attempted ability to hide things in plain sight. Now, darkness does not remove or displace the location of objects. Rather, the power of darkness is in keeping you uneducated or unenlightened or um, no illumination in, in the subject or the topic the power of darkness is in keeping you uneducated to something or about something that's within your reach. Colossians 1, 9 and 10, it says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard about it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy now, this word worthy means upright or not hunched over. Um, 
it means guarded and protected lest you get hurt by something in the dark places. So this is what he's saying here. He's saying that you may walk, be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice he says that you may walk worthy. You may walk in a way that you're standing upright. Again, not hunched over. Uh, you may walk in a way that you are protected lest or less you get hurt by something in the dark places. Darkness is disorienting. Um, have you ever noticed that trying to walk in the dark is difficult? <laughs> like your equilibrium is just thrown off. I mean, you don't know if there's a, a low step or a high step. Uh, you just, you, 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 you walk around you know, extremely like, wow, I have no idea what I'm getting into here. Your sense of balance in the dark is hindered. And, um, you know, the question would be in a particular area of your life, even right now, if you're finding it hard, quote, to walk it out. Well, um, the reality is there's a strategy of darkness against you in that area. And you just need the entrance of his word or clarity or wisdom to illuminate, to give light in that area so that you now can walk worthy in that area. Verse nine, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual understanding. Again, if you're finding um, there's an area of your life that, quote, it's hard to walk it out. You know what I'm saying? Well, you just got to walk it out. Well, if there's an area that you find yourself struggling in, then you immediately know there's a strategy. There's a there's something of the enemy. There's a scheme set up against you in that area, and they're using darkness to keep you unenlightened on how to walk uprightly in that area. Listen, it's not of you, friend. Again, don't take the bait of shame and condemnation. It's not of you. It's a strategy against you, especially if you're born again. If you're born again, your, your spirit is new before the Lord. You are righteous, you are holy, you are a son of the Most High. You've been delivered. Um, if you're born again, then the enemy will try and set up traps, schemes, plots. I mean, dude, he's devilish. And uh, if there's an area, again, that you're finding hard to walk out, it's just because you're, you are now becoming aware that there's a strategy of darkness against you in that area. This is where you need to... Uh, press into the word because the entrance of his word giveth light. And when you are filled or illuminated with the knowledge of his will and spiritual understanding, then the darkness in that area is literally destroyed. The darkness is exposed for what it is. When light comes into the, that, that dark space, you see now clearly that there is a temptation, a strategy, a plot against you. You're able to navigate it and you can go on in freedom. Uh, that verse that I was quoting that the entrance of your word, uh, your words give light is Psalm 119, 130. And the second part of that verse says it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. The word simple there, uh, it, it, it has this idea of uneducated or ignorant. Okay, now ignorant means intentional avoidance. 
uneducated may may be the stronger definition here because it it, it it's not necessarily meaning that you intentionally rejected something okay we use ignorant um we kind of soften what what that word means and so that's that's why i'm associating it with this because there's a lot of ignorant people that we say are ignorant but they're really not intentionally ignoring a thing that's that's the actual definition to the word ignorance it would be malicious uh uneducated probably is a better word because these people are open to the truth but they are uneducated about it they haven't received the knowledge or the wisdom that they really need yet so this word simple would be uneducated or open-minded but uneducated they have a mind that is open or a heart that's open to receive. They just haven't got a hold of what they need yet. So he says that the simple or the open-hearted people, that when his word comes in, it will illuminate, it will give understanding. The power that the devil has over a lot of people right now, the power of darkness, is the power of misunderstanding or the power of, uh, of the lack of knowledge about God. Darkness, then, in the life of somebody is the result of a lack of truth, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge about God and his ways. Psalm 107.20 says this, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their what? Destructions. His word is light. We could say it like this. The wrong words produce darkness. The wrong ideas or concepts will change your mind and keep you from fully understanding something. Remember, Romans says, do not be conformed to this world. The wrong ideas, the wrong words, the wrong concepts will change your mind or will darken your mind and keep you from fully understanding or receiving the light of something else. You gotta understand darkness would be the, the anti, okay? It's the opposition uh, to light. Darkness, even though it cannot overcome the light, darkness is working, come on, to get in the place where light was. Uh, let's see here. The right words produce light or we could say it like this the right words bring understanding the right words will set you free hebrews 1 3 it says who referring to jesus being the brightness jesus is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power we could say it like this all power is in his words but notice he is the brightness of his glory. Again, the entrance of his word gives light and it illuminates. His word illuminates. His word enlightens. Again, Jesus, he is the express image, but he is the brightness and all things are upheld by the word of his power. Again, We'll go back to Colossians 1, 9. It says, for this reason, we do not cease to pray for you, that you may be filled with knowledge. Now, this is not a generic earthly knowledge or an earthly wisdom. 
uh, this isn't random facts about stuff or things. No, this is heaven's knowledge. And verse 11, it says that you may be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Verse 12, that you may be able to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance, watch this, of the saints in the light. Listen, we're of the light. Make no provisions for darkness. How do you make provisions for darkness? By making provisions for the flesh. If you make provisions for the flesh, you are inviting darkness into that area. Don't do that, friends. Listen, wake up. It's high time, high noon, we could say. It's at the point where the light, come on, is the brightest. It's the dominant thing in the sky. And we need to awake to that, put on the armor of light. And he says, look, let's get some stuff done. Why? Because it, we're, we're, we're in the day right now. Let's get some things done. Let's move in the power of light. Let's expel, expose, destroy the works of darkness. Why? Because we're, we're, we're in the light. The light is on your side right now. Um, the light is in your favor. Light is in your favor. Darkness is not the favorite thing right now. We've got darkness on the run, friend. Hallelujah. And let's keep going after it in the name of Jesus. He says, you are no longer now in bondage or in prison to darkness. You, you don't have to be uneducated in spiritual things. No, you are now called saints. Those who are of the light. Those who are, quote, in the know about God and his will, those who are educated, those who can clearly see the things that were always in plain sight, but you couldn't see them before because if you're of the darkness, the power of darkness is in hiding those things that are in plain sight, but you're, uh, you have been delivered. You are no longer of the dark. You now can see clearly the things that were always positioned intentionally for you to in interact with it. The power of sickness is in its ability to hide or disorient you to the knowledge of healing. Listen, the power of sickness is in its ability or attempted ability to hide or disorient you to the knowledge of healing. The power of poverty is its attempted ability to hide the knowledge of prosperity it's to keep you disoriented to the reality of prosperity. Jesus is the light. He is the power uh, needed to remove all traces of darkness and ignorance or uneducation in your light. Darkness is the absence of light. Sickness is the absence of the light of health. Poverty or lack is the absence of the light of abundance or the light of provision. John 8, 12, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am, come on, the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Death is darkness. Death is the absence of the light of life. Keep this in mind. Jesus 
is the light of life. In Luke 23, 44 through 45, he says, now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth, even up to the ninth hour. Verse 45, it says, then the sun was dark, darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last breath. Jesus, the light, at this point was fading because he was taking upon himself death. Darkness in and of itself cannot overcome the light. And for darkness to enter a room, the light must be turned off, put out, or covered up. Darkness is only authorized to inhabit a space wherever there is no light. Again, there are no dark switches. There's only light switches. In order for darkness to enter the room that you're sitting in right now, you have to go and turn off the light. You cannot turn on darkness. You simply obscure the light. In Luke, Jesus, the light is leaving and the darkness happily begins to fill the space. In Exodus chapter 10, there was darkness for three days. You understand that? Darkness for three days, that was part of the plague. Jesus rose on the morning of the third day. The sun, not the uh, S-U-N, but the S-O-N. The sun has risen again. All darkness is now defeated in Christ. I like this verse in uh, Malachi 4.2. It says this, the son of righteousness, of course, it's the S-U-N there. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. The brightness of the sun, listen, friends, the brightness of the sun is healing to the darkness. Make no provisions for the flesh. If you make a provision for the flesh, you're inviting darkness into your life. Listen, Jesus defeated the darkness and he rose. The sun rise. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. We could, we could play on all those words and all, the, and all those terms. But listen, Jesus, the light of truth, has risen. It's daytime, friends. Be really watchful. Now listen, I, just, I want you to hear by the Holy Spirit. You really need to ask Holy Ghost to help you right now and invite him in any area. Don't take any shame. But invite him in right now. Say, is there any dark space in me? Where have I made provisions for the darkness? I need to get 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 that out. It's at the, that point right there. That's the point of exploitation. That's that's the weak link in the chain. Is the area of your life where you've made, and, and I'm not saying you did it maliciously. There's a tempter. There's a deceiver. Okay, I'm not saying you did it maliciously. But I'm saying it's at, it's at that point right there where it's the weak link. And that's the point where the devil is going to try and work you over right there. If he can break you there, uh, he may not be able to destroy everything, but he can definitely slow you down. It's at that point right there that you need the light. You need, you need the light to come in and expose 
where darkness has been uh, rooting in your life, turn on the light in that area. The truth will set you free. Jesus will say, this is the right way of doing and being in that area, and you'll move darkness completely out. Hallelujah. Listen, I think that this is, um, in one sense, this is a prophetic word to the church right, right now because our work is associated with the high time. It's the high time. Uh, several metaphors that is used throughout the New, New Testament to speak to what you and I are and what we're doing. Well, we're the bride of Christ. Well, it's high time. The bride is coming into her special day. We are the body of Christ. It's high time. We, our time, our high time is the maturing of the body, the full stature, uh, the Ephesians 4. We're coming into the full pattern. And then the last metaphor is the metaphor of the building. And the high time for that project is the Rosh Panah. The, the foundation has been laid, but now it's time for the capstone to be put on. These are absolute days of fullness. The bride is ready to be married. The uh, body is ready to be uh, to step up into sonship or huios or maturity, and the building is about to receive the final touches, the capstone. And when all these things uh, step into that next phase, faith to faith, glory to glory, strength upon strength, when, whenever we come into the fullness of the time, then it unlocks the capacity, uh, you know, in particular of the metaphor of the building. When the capstone is put on, it unlocks the t totality of, of the structure. You can have a multi-floor building, but until those floors are accomplished and the roof is put on, you don't get to take advantage of the totality of, of the structure. Friends, we're coming into our high time. And he's saying, make no provisions for darkness. It's not the time of darkness. It's the time of light, of glory, of glory. Glory is the light. It's the brightness. Remember, we beheld his glory, the brightness, the express brightness of Christ, the image of the Father. It's high time now. Darkness. We've got darkness on the run, friend. So don't give in to the strategy of the enemy saying, oh, a little bit of darkness, you know, a little bit of darkness. It's, it's, it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. This is not full-on darkness. It's just a shadow. No, friend. No shadows. There are no shadows. There are no shadows. Say it. There are no shadows in my life. Holy Spirit, right now, I just thank you that you are working with us both to will and to do. And I thank you that the light of your word, the light of the truth, the illuminating power, come on, of the heavenly realms, the glory of the Lord has risen upon me, and there is no shadows, let alone just gross darkness. Remember that verse, and gross darkness was over the people. We're not, you know, you may be listening and saying, well, there's no gross darkness in my life. Well, is there any shadows? It may not be gross darkness, but are there any shadows? Is there any areas in your life where you're tolerating just a little bit, where you're making a little provision for the flesh? Listen, by way of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, let the light fully shine in your life. Walk as children of the light, not as children of the darkness. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in today. Oh, Father, we just thank you. Don't you thank the Lord? He's so good to us. Listen, if we can help you in any way, friend, it would be our honor to do so. 
um, you know, the, the very least we could do is stand in agreement with you concerning a situation or a circumstance or something you are believing God for. Call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. But if we could pray with you, agree with you, uh, help you navigate so you can get right in the middle of God's perfect will for your life, we would be honored to do so. Or send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to, man, all of our partners, those of you who have contributed your prayers, your support, your belief, even some of your finances to help the podcast get out into the nations. Hallelujah. I thank you for helping us. And I invite you to continue to pray for us. And if you're able to uh, financially support the podcast in any way, it, man, we would be, just be honored if you would join us. Several ways to do that if you are interested uh, you can text to give if you're in the United States. Text 84321, 84321, follow the prompts. Or you can go to, to the website, gracecitychurch.tv. That's www.gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. And just follow the prompts right there. Or if you would like to snail mail it, you can send a check. P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. That's P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Zero two. Well, listen, friends, again, I am so glad that you joined me on the podcast today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed. <laughs>